You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And what's up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Rosvoglu Report and on Instagram at Straight Up Saints. Now, for this episode, we're going to have on former Saints running back Deuce McAllister talk about the Drew Brees injury, who he thinks will start in Drew's absence, also talk about his career, what he's seeing from Alvin Kamara, and whether or not he's an MVP candidate. The hint is yes. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about the NFC playoff picture, what it looks like now that Drew is out, if the Saints are still the favorites in the South, and all that good stuff coming up in just a quick minute. And also going to address the upcoming game against the Falcons. I'll give my preview, my keys to victory for that one, and what I'm personally expecting from Jameis Winston. If you haven't already, guys, make sure to check out the Patreon page. It's $1 a month. Some cool stuff there. Putting up new videos, new podcasts, new blogs, a um, bunch of cool stuff. I'll leave the link in the description to the episode. And I'll also leave it on Twitter. If you want to join, show your support for the podcast, I'll leave that there. Without further ado, let's get into that interview with Saints legend Deuce McAllister. So my, my first question I wanted to ask you, obviously, so I actually, I've been growing up a Saints fan for all my life, so it's been a pleasure to watch you make that transition from player to analyst slash broadcast booth. So for you, what was that, you know, what inspired you? What made you make that shift from, you know, when I'm done being a player, I'm going to turn into an analyst uh, and see the game from that light? It was really Hokey Gajan passing away. I mean, that was not something that I had purposely done to, to, to do as far as for myself. And it was just having so much respect for him. I had done some television work with uh, Cox Sports and, you know, uh, we had a relationship. Really, the stuff that I would do would be after the game or uh, really just postseason. And so when Hokey got sick, um, you know, I knew that they needed some help, you know, just to be able to come in. And, you know, really it was, hey, look, can you help us out? And I said, yeah, I'll do it just because it was hokey. And so never envisioned him passing away and then having the opportunity to really step into those uh, shoes. So um, I enjoyed it. It's just trying to give the knowledge of what I see and just try to be able to explain the game. But it was not something that I was purposely uh, planning to do really after I retired. So you played under Sean Payton, I think it was for three years, and you've known him for longer than that. Um, at what moment did you realize this is a special coach that the Saints have right here? Early in year one, you know, he was a frustrating coach early on in 06 just because of the training camp and the rules that we had. And he wanted to bring in a culture of what some of the things that he had learned under Coach Bill Parcells, but really elevate the franchise and the organization. And so uh, to weed out and, and make us understand, hey, look, this is what it's going to take for us to be not only a good team, but an elite team. And I think that's some of the things that we're seeing even 15, 16 years later with him being at the helm. So I also wanted to touch upon Drew Brees. Obviously, you know, what we heard over the weekend, not great news regarding the rib and the collapse long. The fact that he even stayed in was was somewhat remarkable. Um, I'm of the belief that I do think we'll see him back at some point this regular season. Do you think that's the same thing? And if so, when do you think we'll see Drew Brees back on the field? Yeah, I'm, I'm under the belief as well that he will return this season as far as regular season is concerned. You know, and it, it, it's just amazing. Uh, Look, he didn't know that he had cracked ribs going into that game. He knew that they were sore when they had did the, when they did the X-ray. Uh, they did not see the original fractures or whatever cracked ribs when they first did it. And so, you know, uh, maybe it was the swelling or whatever it was. The inflammation around didn't allow it to show. But you know, it just shows you how tough he is as far as a player and how he wants to be involved and you know just be a part of it with the team and 
he talked about how tough it was to be able to lead the team down there uh, during that two minute. I bet you it was. And, you know, he felt like that it was a back muscle, but it was actually the collapsed lung that was giving him some trouble. And so you, you saw him on the sideline, wincing, stretching, doing some different things, trying to stay involved. But he, his condition obviously was a lot worse than we ever could have imagined. And, you know, I do think it's something that will heal. Hopefully, knock on wood, it will heal fast and quickly for him. But, you know, you just got to make sure that you're doing the right thing for yourself. You know, that would be my only comment for Drew. Yeah, absolutely. So last year we saw when Drew went down, the Saints went to Teddy Bridgewater, obviously paid off 5-0, and and then he made his uh, his big contract with the Panthers. There's a lot of talk about what the Saints will do. I know Sean Payton's not going to tell anyone anything. He likes to keep, uh, you know, his cards close to the vest. But if you were making the pick, would you go with Taysom Hill? Would you go with Jameis Winston? Would you do a mix? What would be your solution for the Saints during Drew's absence? I would probably go with packages for both of those guys. I would put the team in the best position to be successful. Uh, the, the question that you have to remember as well is Taysom plays in so many other packages. Uh, how much of those packages do you lose? You also right now, there's some question whether uh, Traquan Smith as well as Josh Hill, uh, two guys that are out right now with concussions, whether they'll be, be available. So you, you, your, your playmakers are starting to go down. And so you know, it, it becomes, can we put a good enough game plan together that we can put up points against whether it's, you know, we'll just focus on Atlanta right now, whether that's Atlanta, Denver, Philadelphia, whomever it may be, and what package works best against this defense. So you mentioned Taysom Hill and all the packages he does. Jameis Winston's obviously a different type of quarterback, and a lot of Saints fans are wondering, hey, you know, is this the scenario where he can revitalize his career? Do you think that option's out there for Jameis, or do you kind of think we've seen what Jameis is or do you think Sean Payton really can take the best out of him and turn him into that guy and show why he was a former number one overall pick no I don't think we've seen the best of Jameis as far as he's concerned you know really he has to get the reps as the starter as far as quarterbacking is concerned and obviously this week he will get a lot more reps than he's gotten in the past and so not just working with the scout team working with the ones working with the receivers you know seeing what I see as far as defense uh, understanding routes, understanding the depth, understanding where to put the football. Uh, I think that we'll see a much improved quarterback as far as Jameis is concerned. You know, it, it's still making sure from a fundamental standpoint that you're putting yourself in the best position, that that being him. And, you know, the one thing that you see a lot of times is the football selling on him. And when he doesn't have the footwork down, I think that's really when that happens. And so making sure that he understands, hey, look, this is what we're trying to do. These are the options on this particular play uh, and, and, and go out and execute. I think that you're going to see the best of Jameis in, the, in that scenario. So it's only fitting that I ask you a great Saints running back, what you think about another great Saints running back. Alvin Kamara's had a great season, obviously. Um, do you think he belongs in the MVP conversation? I know running backs never get that credit because it's become a quarterback award, but do you think he belongs in the MVP conversation? Just keep winning. Keep winning and doing what you're doing as far as going out. Anytime that you can go out and score two, three touchdowns a game, not only are you making yourself and your team happy, you're making some fantasy football owners happy, but you're also keeping your name in that conversation. And I think, you know, if they can continue to win and he go out and plays like he did not only the last, this past Sunday, but the last couple of weeks, then he's going to be in that conversation. He may not win that MVP, but I think offensive uh, player of the year definitely is something that he can look forward to just because he's been so phenomenal and, and dependent as far as his team is concerned. The Saints have seen a lot of guys step up this year, a couple of new names, a couple of guys who are role players now turning into impact players. Who would be your most improved player through the first nine games of the season for the Saints? Probably most improved. 
prove a guy that you knew you were going to have to lean on was Deontay Harris, you know, because I think for him, uh, having to step in as a receiver has really been impressive for him to be able to go and do and not just some of the screen or uh, out routes or deep outs that he's run, but, you know, just going across the middle and really every time that he touches the football, you know, he can take the distance. So I think that, you know, for him to continue to grow has been a surprise for this Saints offense. And then, you know, you look at across the front uh, defensively, you, you talk about a guy like Trey, Trey Henderson, just his, his, his evolution and, and being able to stay healthy and being able to show that, hey, look, I do belong. I'm not just a third down guy. I can play every down. I think that's been impressive. So before I get into some predictions for you, I want to ask you, obviously, Saints fans know how to have a good time. Uh, can you tell me about your work with Crown Royal and what's going on this season there? Yeah, the, the biggest thing that we're really trying to push as far as, you know, not only for Saints fans, but NFL fans is, you know, to hydrate yourself, enjoy the game, you know, whether that's pregame, whether that's tailgate, whether you're hanging out at home, whether you're at a bar, doesn't matter. You know, we just want to make sure that you're hydrating and with, with taking breaks with water, you know, that, that could be at halftime, that could be a uh, change of possession, whatever it may be, uh, have a good time. But we want you to make sure that on your water break that you are drinking some water and making sure that you're staying in the game with hydration. Absolutely. So you mentioned before Saints are playing the Falcons this weekend. Always an interesting game with those two teams. Uh, what do you think is going to be the key to this one? Obviously no Drew Brees, but what do you think is going to be for the, the key to the Saints if they want to extend that winning streak to seven games? You've got to hit Matt Ryan. You have got to hit Matt Ryan at offense. You know, uh, from an offensive standpoint, they've still, even though their record doesn't show it, they're, they're putting up points. They are moving the football. And so I think, you know, in the past, we've had success picking off Matt Ryan. You have got to hit him. You know, it'll be interesting to see if Ridley is able to play Julio. He should be fine. They, they're coming off of a bye week. You know, they have a ton of weapons outside. I think it starts with the Saints being able to take away the run game and then being able to hit Matt Ryan, create, creating a, a short field for for that Saints offense, you know, regardless of who's, who's the quarterback and being able to lean on, you know, your, your, your playmakers. But I think it starts with hitting Matt Ryan. So it's obviously still tough to tell there's seven games left. Do you think the Saints still deserve to be considered the favorite in the NFC South, or do you think Drew Brees' injury kind of opens up the window, unfortunately, for the Buccaneers? I think they're still the favorite in the NFC South. I mean, to be honest, you only need two more division games. You only play three. You only need, you know, it really depends on what happens with Tampa. You own the head-to-head. You could technically, depends on if it falls the right way, you can only win one division game and you can still win the division. Now, they don't want to do that. They want to win all of the division games and, you know, have this deal wrapped up the second time that you play Atlanta. But, I mean, you could technically probably win just one more division game and still win the NFC South. So I saw a really cool stat, I think, two weeks ago or so. It was Dalvin Cook became the third player ever to have 225-plus scrimmage yards and two touchdowns in consecutive games. And then it said joining – uh, Jim Brown and Deuce McAllister. When you see those kind of stats, do you just ever sit back and go, man, I was really good? Man, you forget some of the things that you did. I mean, because that was one I probably hadn't seen in uh, a bunch of years. And to think that you're you're in the same conversation, obviously, with uh, Jim Brown and obviously Dalvin joins us. But, you know, there's one out there where it's, uh, uh, I think it's myself and, and, and maybe uh, Walter Payton or even um, – uh, Barry Sanders, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm still in that conversation, you know, and that's, that, that, that's amazing in itself. And so, you know, I had a lot of great teammates that helped me be able to achieve some of those records. And, you know, it's not just my name up there. It's the teammates of mine as well. You're a former rebel, obviously. What do you think of the job that Lane Kiffin's done so far? I know this is a weird year for college football, but are you impressed? Are you cautiously optimistic? How do you feel about Lane Kiffin so far? 
I definitely think you're optimistic. I mean, some of the, the, the things that they've been able to do, the excitement that you see and, you know, the, the, the issue, you know, as far as defense is concerned, hopefully they can continue to get better. Offensively, you're able to put up points. You're able to, you know, whether it's running the football, whether it's throwing, you're excited. You think that the, that the future is definitely bright in Oxford. So for, you know, Saints fans have been asking for years, you know, playoff heartbreak after playoff heartbreak after playoff heartbreak. What's the, I know it's tough to say there's one thing they need to change, but what do you think would be the main thing that helps them get past that and over the hump? Get healthy. I mean, if you're healthy, then you're, you're one of the best teams uh, in the NFL. I think that's the biggest thing that you have to be able to do. And, you know, one game bangs you up about eight guys, nine guys, and, you know, a couple of those guys looks like particularly Drew is going to be out multiple games. And so, you know, one, qualify for the playoffs and be able to get healthy. You know, if you're able to grab the number one seed, great. If not, you know you play some extra games. Just got to go out there and win. Outside of Alvin Kamara, who's your favorite running back to watch right now in the NFL? Uh, I, I like a couple different running backs. When you Whether you're talking about Alvin, you know, I know uh, Zeke has had a tough year over in, um, in, in in Dallas, but I love some of the things that he's a, a, able to do. You know, you talk about Christian McCaffrey. He's been banged up a little bit as well. I mean, so there's a lot of great uh, backs in the league, you know, that are just making play after play after play. Look at what Nick Chubb has been able to do, and, you know, he's coming off of injury as well. So, you know, there, there, there are a lot of backs that you really like, some of the things that they're doing and, you know, how they continue to make plays in the NFL. So this has been a topic of conversation for a while. I think a lot of fans might think it's the end. Do you think this is Drew Brees' last season, or you're like, hey, look, he could still play. Who knows what he's doing after this year? Enjoy the moment. I think that's the biggest thing. Enjoy the moment. You know, that'll be a decision for Drew and his family on what they want to do, you know, whether this is his last year or not, you know. And so uh, even, you know, you talk about, hey, look, let's go and uh, let the quarterbacks next year. Well, this team still has their eyes and focused on making a run in this year as far as the playoffs. So I think the best, the most important thing for them are to make sure that they're winning games while Drew is out. You know, and if this is the last year for Drew, I'll let him make that decision and not myself. So last question for you, Dusa. I'm interested to, to hear what you have to say about this. What would be your Super Bowl matchup as of today? Is there one out there that you really want to see or one that you think actually is going to happen? Super Bowl matchup, I really probably would say NFC conference games. I would love, obviously, to see the, the, the matchup of KFC, Kansas City and uh, Pittsburgh as far as the AFC is concerned. Uh, you, you, you check that out. And then the NFC, you know, uh, whether it's Saints in Tampa or Saints in Green Bay, I think those are probably two good matchups. And obviously, they're games that we've already played. You know, even, even Seattle would be a, a, a nice matchup as well. So, you know, there's some opportunities out there. But, you know, just really looking at four teams instead of just overall Super Bowl. Absolutely. Deuce, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate all the work you've done as a player and as an analyst. Uh, it's been great to watch. And I appreciate you taking the time to do this today. No problem. Thank you. Once again, that was Saints legend Deuce McAllister, one of the better players that we've seen this franchise have. Um, and his transition from player to analyst has obviously been great. A lot of us check to see um, what Deuce has to say regarding any situation uh, involving our beloved New Orleans Saints. Now, he hit on a couple of key points about this upcoming game between the Saints and the Falcons, and his key takeaway I found was interesting, and I know you guys love it. Um, it's hit Matt Ryan. I know you guys are probably sitting there smiling right now, thinking about all the times that Cam Jordan's hit him or David Onyemata's hit him or Shai Tuttle's stiff-arming him into oblivion. I'm sure you guys are all thinking about that one, and I am, of course, too. This is going to be a really interesting game for the Saints because you have two teams in terms of health probably trending in opposite ways. You have one team coming off the bye week, another that was just in a uh, pretty physical match with the 49ers where both teams came out 
uh, pretty injured, to say the least. So it's going to be interesting. The injury report for the Saints is, uh, I would say, glass half empty, glass half full. Depends the way you look at it. And I'll give you both sides of the spectrum um, in just a second. As for the Falcons, the main story there is Calvin Ridley. Is he going to play? He's been dealing with a sprained foot. He was limited on Wednesday. Um, And now I know the no-brainer thing would be, hey, look, he's playing the Saints. He's going to suit up. And that's probably the case. I would agree with you guys in that regard. But it's worth noting he just started sprinting two days ago. Like, I do wonder that if the Falcons decide to not play him uh, and have him for the long haul, my gut feeling is they do play him. It's a divisional game. This is their Super Bowl. Um, But we'll see. It's worth monitoring his status. Let's just assume that Calvin Ridley plays, though, when I get my keys to the game. Now, let's talk about that Saints injury report. Like I said, glass half full, glass half empty. Depends how you want to look at it. Let's look at it from the glass half empty, and then I'll leave you the positive news in just a second. So, glass half empty. Let's get to it. Cam Jordan didn't practice. That's a big one. Back injury. Did not. Now, it's possible this was really a vet day disguised as a back injury. It could be a maintenance day. Who knows? But he's on the injury report, back injury. Then you have Drew Brees listed with ribs and a right shoulder injury. We didn't expect Drew Brees to play, but anyway, did not practice on the injury report. Crazy that he's not even on injured reserve. The guy is a straight-up lunatic, and I mean that in a good way. Um, And then you have two offensive playmakers who are not practicing because of concussions, Josh Hill and Traquan Smith. So, how do you see it? Your starting defensive end, not practicing. Your starting quarterback, not practicing. Your number three receiver, not practicing. Your number two tight end, who really is so crucial to the run game, not practicing. So those are four big names right there. And how about the limited practice? You have Alvin Kamara, foot injury, limited. I'm not really too worried about that. But then you got Ryan Ramchick with a knee injury listed as limited. Malcolm Brown, limited with a calf injury. Marshawn Lattimore, limited with an abdomen injury. So a lot of stuff to get to. Now let's talk about why this is glass half full. On the injury report. Number one, Marshawn Lattimore practice, guys. There was He didn't play in the second half of the Niners game. There was a possibility that Lattimore would miss this week for sure. The fact that he practiced on Wednesday, albeit limited capacity, um, I think is really encouraging news. And another limited practice or two, and you would think that he'll go against Julio Jones. And the Saints are going to need him, obviously, if they're going to try and slow down number 11 of the Falcons. Malcolm Brown also got injured against the 49ers. He was practicing calf injury limited. Uh, that's a great sign for his status moving forward. Alvin Kamara, look, he the last time he was listed with a foot injury, it was a bone bruise. He said it was maintenance, and what did he do? He had a really good game against the Bucs, and then he had a really good game against the 49ers. So I'm not too worried about Alvin. Um, he would have to actually miss time for us to be seriously worried um, about his status. So I would be um, optimistic there. Here's the two reasons why you have to look at this injury report with a half-glass full mentality, though. Michael Thomas was not even listed on the injury report. So what does that tell me? He's a full go moving forward. No more worrying about his his snaps. No more worrying about his hamstring or his ankle. He is a full go moving forward. And that's really encouraging because he's going up against a Falcons pass defense that ranks 30 wor- 31st uh, in the league. 30 worst, if you want to put it that way. I don't care. But that's a really good sign for Michael Thomas. And then C.J. Gardner-Johnson or C.D. Deuce, whatever you want to mention or label him as, he had his best game of his career on Sunday, did get banged up, arm injury against the 49ers. We were all a little bit worried. He's not even on the injury report. So what does that mean? He's good to go. That's really encouraging. Gardner Johnson had an outstanding game against the 49ers. Great in blitz uh, packages, great in coverage, really physical player. Really liked what I saw from number 22. So I, I think you could take it either way. I'm going half glass full. I've been like that for the majority of the season. I'm going to stay that way. Uh, and the fact that Gardner Johnson, Lattimore, um, Michael Thomas, they're practicing, really good for me. Um, so let's get into the keys for this one. Actually, without getting into keys, let's talk about Jameis Winston first. I don't want to forget about number two. 
James Woods is going to be the starter, guys. I know people are telling you that Sean Payton doesn't know, and Sean Payton's sitting here saying he's eating his bagel and he can't decide what he wants to do. James Winston's going to get the majority of the snaps at quarterback. Now, do I think Taysom Hill's going to play? Yes. But James Winston's the quarterback. And I think the reason we're going to see a little bit more of Taysom Hill is because the Saints can't trust James Winston the way the Saints trusted Teddy Bridgewater last year. And I've mentioned this a lot of times. we got to stop mentioning Teddy and James in the same sentence. They're not the same guy, not even close. Teddy Bridgewater is a way better decision maker. Jameis Winston is, I don't want to say entertaining or far more entertaining, but Jameis Winston is way more of a risk taker. So one's a good decision maker. The other one's a big time risk taker. That is not the same thing. That is literally polar opposite. So I think we'll see a little bit more Taysom Hill than we did last year while Drew was down because the Saints can't fully trust Jameis Winston for every single snap of the game. That being said, Jameis Winston's going to be the quarterback for the Saints because he is a legitimate quarterback where I don't know if Taysom Hill's a legitimate quarterback. Jameis Winston has started for five years. He's got a lot of experience in the NFC South. He's got a lot of experience just as a starter in general. The Saints are going with Jameis Winston. I, I just, we need to get that out there. So what are my legitimate, realistic expectations for a guy like Jameis? Well, for starters, you're going to mark him down for at least an interception, and I think that's a fair way to go. I think he's going to throw a pick in this game. The question is how many? Does he throw one pick and that's it? Because then I think you're in a good spot. Does he throw two? Does he throw three? God knows. And I think the Saints, unlike the Buccaneers, won't allow it to get to a high number. I think Sean Payton, I need to put this out there, guys. Sean Payton is not Bruce Arians, and that's a great thing. Okay, a lot of talk is made about Bruce Arians being an offensive, you know, offensive genius, quarterback whisperer, whatever. Bruce Arians is not Sean Payton. They're not even the same ballpark. One's completely better than the other. And Sean's never going to let it get to that point that Bruce did where Jameis is throwing five picks and you're sitting there going, what the hell is going on? He would never let it get to that point, okay? And second, the Saints are making Jameis take his checkdowns and are teaching him how to play the quarterback position the right way. You don't need to force a pass every single time. You can take the checkdowns. You can take the open yards that are there. They're there for a reason. Jameis is doing that. So what I think we can see from Jameis, I think we can see one of those 28 for 36 pass, uh, you know, passing lines with maybe 280, 320 yards around that ballpark. I think the Saints are going to sling it, man. You can't tell me they're not going to throw it. They are going to throw the football. They don't care who's that quarterback. They're going to throw it. Luke McCown used to be in there, and they would throw it. So he's going to sling the rock. I think he's going to have somewhere around the 27 to 28 completion mark. He's going to have 280 to 320 passing yards. I think he's going to have two passing touchdowns and a pick. That's what I think. Now, is that more on the conservative side? Probably. But I think the Saints are also going to put an emphasis on using Kamara, using Murray, and running the football. And I think that's important uh, to do. So I think it's going to be one of those games where the Jameis Winston experience is, oh, no, oh, no, oh, yes, and oh, yes, oh, no. Like, you're just going to sit there and constantly say yes, no, yes, no. And it's not going to stop till the game's over. And you just hope by the time the game's over and that experience is over, the Saints are on the right side of the scoreboard. And we'll see on Sunday if that's the case. So I think the Jameis Winston experience is fun. It's nerve-wracking. I'm not sure we're even ready for it, but here it is. So, like I said, expectation anywhere from 280 to 320 in terms of yardage, uh, two touchdown passes and an interception. I'm really, really interested to see how Jameis looks, though, in a comfort level. Does he feel comfortable behind that offensive line? The Saints' offensive line is considered one of the best in the league. They've let Drew Brees get hit a lot this year, a lot. Um, and, and shout out to Catherine Terrell who said he got hit, Drew Brees got hit 43 times. It doesn't show up in the sack number, but 43 times, a lot of hits. They played nine games. He's getting hit basically five times a game. That's concerning for me, in my opinion. So does Jameis feel comfortable behind that offensive line? If he does, the Saints have a good shot to win that game against the Falcons. Now, let's talk about three keys to victory. And the first one, I'm going to go with what Deuce mentioned. I think it's important. You got to hit Matt Ryan. The games where I've seen the Falcons struggle tremendously, the offensive line is just collapsing all game. 
And Matt Ryan's got no time to throw. He's got to rush passes. And it doesn't look good. And if the Saints can get pressure on Matt Ryan, and by the way, I think they can because the Saints have been really good defensively since Marcus Davenport returned from his injury, I think the Saints will get pressure, and I think that will help them. And if you get pressure on Matt Ryan, that leads up to point number two. You need to slow down Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. It's easier said than done. Half the times it doesn't get done. But you need to put an emphasis on that because this is one of the best receiving duos in the National Football League. You can make an argument it's the best one. I'm not here to make the argument, but you can make the argument. And Julio, uh, look, we can crack the jokes about him. The guy is still damn good. I I don't care if we're going to say Julio or Michael Thomas, who we're going to argue. The man is really freaking good at football. And Calvin Ridley, on the other hand, is having his breakout season what a lot of people expected from him, um, and he's been great. He's leading the team in receiving yards. He's got a, He's tied for the uh, franchise lead, not franchise lead, excuse me, team lead in receptions this year. He's been really good, really good playmaker. Um, uh, you know, across from Julio, they've been a nice little one-two punch, but it's also the, um, the supporting cast around them that's been good. Guys like Hayden Hurst, who really having a chance now after getting traded from Baltimore to Atlanta, he's starting to blossom into this role. Russell Gage has been a solid role player for them. And Todd Gurley, look, the guy has no knees and his yards aren't great, but he's getting in the end zone. And that's basically what Atlanta wants from a guy like Todd Gurley. So the the Falcons have a great supporting cast. And I think what the Saints do so well defensively is stopping the run. So I think once you get rid of Gurley, and I think they will, it comes down to, all right, can we limit guys like Ridley and Julio? Can you just limit them to not 100-yard games. I, I know it sounds crazy, but can you limit Julio to 70? Can you limit Ridley to 70 or 60? I think you're in a really good spot if you can do that. I really think so. Um, so I think that's one of my keys. And number three, and I think this is really important, and this comes down to the James Winston, fa- uh, James Winston factor, you need to win the turnover battle. The Saints have been winning the turnover battle the past couple of weeks. That's why they are winning games. You're winning the turno- turnover battle Excuse me, against the Bears. You definitely won the turnover battle against the Buccaneers and you won the turnover battle against the 49ers. And when you do that, and you get those extra possessions for an offense that is high-powered with Sean Payton at the helm, the Saints are going to be in a really good spot. So even though Jameis Winston is loosey-goosey with the football, and I'll continue to use that lame expression until you guys just tweet at me that you don't want to hear it anymore, the Saints need to force turnovers defensively. I can't stress that enough, because there's going to be a point in this game where Jameis will get rid of the football. And it's not going to be fun, and we're all going to tweet about it and overreact, because that's what us Saints fans do. But it's going to happen. And when that time happens, can the Saints get the football back for their offense? That is the key. Now, I think they can. I think this defense, it's finally clicked for them. Because the the Saints defense had a chance last week to show that they have a letdown game and that they weren't what they were against Tampa Bay. And they had that chance with the 49ers. Remember, the 49ers scored 10 quick points. But then they only scored three after. And I know the Niners were depleted, so that is one you know absolutely 100% an excuse for the 49ers. They did not even have close to their starting lineup. But for the Saints to rally around that, although they played a lot of snaps and fight through and only give up three more points, it shows that they are a resilient group and they are not a fluke on that side of the football. And I think they're going to prove it uh, and have a chance to prove it against Atlanta because Atlanta, and Deuce mentioned this before on the podcast, and I agree 100%, the record won't show it, but Atlanta's not a bad football team, guys. We can crack all the 28-3 jokes we want. If there wasn't a fourth quarter, Atlanta would have a winning record this year. That is the problem. They get in the fourth quarter and they stink in the final frame, which is a legitimate issue, don't get me wrong, but the Falcons do have the offensive firepower. Let's see what the Saints defense does against them. I think it's going to be really, really interesting because if the Saints defense looks good against the Falcons offense, then guess what? This Saints defense is going to look really good next week against Denver, and it's going to look really good in three weeks against the Eagles, and that's encouraging. That's really, really encouraging because if this group starts to get its confidence going in the second half of the season, 
who knows? Maybe Drew comes back and you do make that run that you want. But that's still far down the road. They got to take care of business against Atlanta. And I think it's going to be interesting. I say every year that I'm going for a 1-1 split between the Falcons and Saints. With that being said, I think the Saints will probably, uh, I think they'll win this week. I think they'll squeak out a win. Um, now, if they do lose this one, no one should hit the panic button. They got a favorable matchup against the Broncos after that and a rematch with the Falcons. I think the Saints and the Falcons are splitting this year. I think the Falcons are a deadly bunch uh, that are a little underrated because of their record. And I get it. It's not a good record. Um, but I think the Saints do enough. I think Sean Payne's going to have a really interesting game plan out here. Um, obviously, my prediction does change if Marshall Lattimore doesn't play. I think he's that important to the game plan. So I'm going to monitor number 23 status. But if Lattimore's playing, the Saints are relatively healthy, and they have a good game plan, and Winston's not looking ridiculously bad, the Saints are going to be in a really good spot. This is a good football team that plays well in all three phases. I can't say that for the Falcons. They have deficiencies on defense. They have deficiencies on offense at times and deficiencies on special teams. So I do think the Saints will win this game, but I think it's going to be really close. It could be anywhere from a 28-24 to 24 game, 31-28. to 28, Who knows? Uh, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of uncertainty. I wouldn't be really, really confident in any picks right now because you have to see what Jameis is and what the Saints team is with Jameis um, before you can start getting confident in picks. What I can say, though, is that this is a really talented football team. And just because Drew Brees is out, they're not going to look incompetent. They're going to try and keep things rolling. Whether or not they will, we'll find out on Sunday. But I'm interested to hear what you guys think about this upcoming game between the Saints and the Falcons. Are you worried about the Saints' chances against Atlanta? Are you confident that Jameis will get the job done in his first start with the New Orleans Saints? Um, so hit me back in the replies either on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you listen to this. Uh, hit me up and let me know what your thoughts are. On the game again, guys, if you haven't already, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple. Um, and also check out the Patreon page, $1 a month. Greatly appreciate it if you guys do that. That'd be pretty cool. Um, and again, I think it's going to be really fun to see how the Saints team looks. They're one that have, they've done a really good job embracing that next man up mentality, although it is a cliche. Um, and, and I think it's going to be fascinating to see what Sean Payton comes up with because he might have a dual quarterback package that we haven't seen yet. Who the hell knows? It's going to be really fun to see, but it should be an exciting game. Saints-Falcons, always a good one when they meet, and we'll see them on Sunday afternoon. So thank you for listening, guys. Have a great week, and hopefully the Saints come out with their seventh straight victory.